Life Happens with Pimelo Mutine on SAFM, leading the conversation. All right, kicking off the show, we've been promising this uh, for a while now, so we eventually are here. The Commissioner of the Compensation Fund is here with us. This we've been working on for a very long time, and I said at some point we will get the Commissioner back on. The Commissioner had spoken to us uh, a couple of weeks ago, and he promised to come back. So the lines are now open for any question that you have around the compensation fund, he's here to take those questions and those queries. Some may be able to be quickly resolved, some not. But the point here is that it is happening today. 891 We're going to kick off with a story that we started a couple of weeks ago when we spoke to the commissioner, where a lady spoke to us. And I think many, many of you were touched by her story. Her name was Shirley. She joins us now on the line. And I just want to check, Shirley, when we last spoke, everybody was in tears. How how are you today? Good afternoon, everybody, and all the, to all the listeners. All I can say is to God be the glory. Great, great things he has done. Um, the last and last, I spoke to the commissioner in April. Um, our money was paid out last week. So after I spoke to the commissioner, we still had to wait two months for the money to be paid out. And, um, you know, we've been through a lot. Um, it was two, nearly three years of hell for my family. They, we didn't have any income. And, you know, we're coming from a place of having more than enough. And suddenly we were stripped off to a place of having nothing, like nothing. Mm. In that time, God had strengthened our faith and we made it. And on the other hand, I want to thank especially SAF, um, the radio station, your team, for all the support. And I want to thank the Baptist Church in Simonstown for their support because they've been really, really good to us. And on the other hand, what, what gets me down is that the first time when the commissioner came on the radio, he said it will take 20 days for payout. You know, um, Pamela, I don't like, there's one thing that I hate, and that is telling lies. We've been through it. We know the process. That's why I told my husband, I feel that I must be the spokesperson for people who are waiting longer than us for their money. You know, we even sent most to the commissioner himself. After I spoke to the commissioner, the commissioner doesn't reply on our emails. Until we found that lady that is Larato, she's working in Cape Town, she's a manager or something. You know, none of them reply. In the end, Pamela, we had to appoint a lawyer. And thank God that lawyer didn't charge us anything. So what gets me down is they're coming on the radio, they're telling us all sorts of good stories, but it's all lies. What they're saying is not true. They told, they, you know, when we went, they told us, the commissioner said the bank verification is not so long. You know, the process for bank verification is actually three months. It took them to phone the bank just to make sure, to confirm that that is our bank account. Three months, my dear. I, I, I can't understand how people can do that. It's not right because families are suffering. And the other thing that I want to ask the commissioner, when they did pay in our, our money, 
the, the, they didn't give us a, a printout, nothing. So we don't actually know how much was the actual amount. Was it was fixed, nothing. We don't know anything. All that we know is the money was just paying in the south. Let's go. Oh, why don't you give me a background of your your issue i think we may have lost you there a little bit shirley are you still there yes i'm still here all right let's just give us uh, help us with the background of your incident so we can then track what actually went wrong there okay um we now i started the injury in 2016 in 2000 in in 2000 and um, they told us they was, um, they got all the information, got all our documents, everything was fine. They told us it would take about seven to eight weeks for the fund to pay out. After ten weeks, we went back. All the fund was There's no story. You know, with that was going on for a year. With a food, it's also with supervisor. Then we discovered that we must place the documents issue. They never end our documents in. On the 8th of April, on the 6th of April, 2019, another secret document. So, it, uh, because we didn't know that they office in Kudu. Then they gave us August. We signed up in this office in Kudu. We have papers on the 7th of August. Nothing, we didn't get was the same story, seven to eight weeks. After ten weeks, we went back to the Gurud office. The same story was, they were telling us that they waited on feedback from the doctor because he must make the final submission. We wait for that. In January, in, in December 2019, we went back to the Gurud office and told us the same story. Then, then in between, there was problems with the system. They changed the new system. We understand all that. But in the meantime, we did our own homework, and we found the doctor's office in Cape Town, the provincial um, government office. In January, my husband, in January this year, my husband took his own papers. He submitted his own papers. Because then we also discovered that the good office never submitted these papers. 
then I came in the commissioner was on the radio on the 29th or the 28th of April. Then that Monday, I've got the email and from the doctor. He was more upset that we, I spoke on air. So the doctor said he only got my husband's paper in, in, in the end of, of, of the February. So, sorry, Lee. So who, who yes. got upset? Who got upset? The doctor. The doctor. Oh, I see. The, the doctor was upset. Mm. Because he said that he, if he received my husband's papers and he made recommendation on the 1st of April already. Now, keep in mind, he made recommendation on the 1st of April. The commissioner came on, on, on the 28th of April. So for the 1st of April, until that time, nothing was done. Nothing was done. And then after I spoke to the commissioner, the Tuesday I received the email from the doctor. Then this Lerato lady from the commissioner's office phoned me. The Monday and the Tuesday she told me they will follow up. We will have to pay out in that week. No? Then the doctor sent us an email for banking verification, banking details. Then it was locked down again on their side. We understand that. But Friday the doctor sent me an email saying that they did the banking verification. So the lockdown is over, but there's a problem with the system. And that was the last that we heard from the doctor. Right. Then, mm-hmm. then we appoint a lawyer. We even in that, in, in May, we sent the email to Mr. Vuyo Mafata. The commissioner may reply. Then we, uh, we found a lawyer, and then the lawyer sent the email to Dr. Box. And last week we got the payout. So we already had to wait two months still after that. All right. Okay. I'm going to ask the commissioner to come on and respond for themselves. But, I mean, I, I, I appreciate the fact that you've got something. Just stay on the line, Shirley, and then we're going to okay. – I'm, I'm opening the lines to everybody else. Thank they you. may have their own stories to tell, 891 If you want to send a voice note as well or a message, 614 Vuyo Mafata is a commissioner uh, at the Compensation Fund. He joins us now on the line. Thank you so much, uh, Commissioner, for joining us. You did agree to come back. You have come back. I appreciate it. Thanks. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Pamela, and good afternoon to the listener. Good afternoon to Shelley. Well, Shirley's story, um, and my initial impression was that it was a good story. She's she's obviously a little bit unhappy with some of the issues there. Were you able to see what went wrong with that case, uh, Commissioner? Well, the I think the in the first instance, the problems that Shirley highlighted, uh, they basically document the type of challenges that uh, a typical client of the compensation fund has experienced over the years. And it had to do largely with the way that uh, our claim process is uh, uh, is laid out uh, in the law as well as the systems that we're using to be able to implement the law. Now, the, 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 maybe before I even touch specifically on Shelley's case, mm-hmm. a, typical claim, a typical claim in the compensation fund requires multiple players to be able to provide the required information in order for us to even come to a point where we even decide whether we accept liability for a claim or not. Even once we've accepted liability for a claim, uh, for it to get to a point where we uh, are able to determine what is the compensable amount, 
and what is the quantum of the injury that would, uh, and, and to what extent uh, you need to pay it. It also depends on the number of reports and documents that to be submitted by the multiple parties. The multiple parties in this case, the employer, the treating practitioner, and uh, in some of the cases, even the injured worker himself or herself. So if, if, if there's a break in any of the process and some of the role players don't provide the information that you need at the time, you are able to move with the claim. An example is we can get a claim application submitted, but if you don't have medical reports, for example, the first medical report that enables you to be able to, to make a determination whether you are in a position to accept this claim or not, you are not able to do so. Even once you've received the medical, uh, first medical report and you've accepted liability for the claim, there's progress medical reports that you'd require that would enable us to be able to continue paying, for example, the treating practitioner. And once the treatment is complete for the client, there's also final, final medical reports that we need to get. And it's that medical report that then enables us to be able to calculate what is the amount payable to the client, uh, what is the level of disability that the client has um, uh, suffered from the occupational injury. So if there is any delays in any of these things, so these are the typical things that result in uh, delays in claims. We also haven't in the past had a smart way of working in a sense that our processes were, were largely manual. I had Shelly talking about submitting documents and being requested to resubmit documents yes. at some point. Because of the manual processes that we had, people still needed to bring in paper, and that paper would come in, it would have to be transported from whatever labor center that they submitted to, to the closest processing labor center, if not to the provincial office, for it to be uh, captured. If there's any outstanding information in what was submitted by the client, uh, it would have to go through the same process again for the client to resubmit whatever is outstanding information. If we need to get information from the doctor, we also then have to follow up manually. So, so let me just try... And, and it's because of this... So, okay, yeah. I was so just, I'm because of this time. that we okay, okay, so it's because of this that we've changed our systems. So, for example, for us to be able to finalize this claim, we have to finalize it in the new which enables us to enable us to be able to deal with it much quicker. We, 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 with the changes that we've made, these kind of challenges, we wanted to actually make the client to be the center of the claim as opposed to it uh, being the other way around. So... Um, Mr. Mafata, I'm just worried about time. If I just may ask you one or two things. I mean, there are things that I think would have been easily uh, sorted out. She's talking about how how long it took for you guys to verify her bank account, which which is common practice for all other things that we also as as other uh, service providers get to do. But that took you guys longer than usual. Why was that the case? And why haven't you been able to give her proof of what it is that you're paying for in a form of a statement? So she, she ought to have received a an award letter. If she didn't receive the award letter, that's something that we need to follow up. We will follow up with the Cape Town office to see what... Isn't there a difference between... Because for, any, for, any, for any claim that we pay, mm-hmm. you would then uh, there's a remittance that gets paid out to... that gets given to uh, the recipient. Uh, in the case of the claimant, uh, the injured worker himself, there is an award letter that we then detail what the payment is, if there's a level of disability that has been assigned to the claim, 
it would also indicate such. Is a letter the same as a statement? In other words, just because I get a, because the letter sounds to me like a certificate, it says you've been successful in, we've awarded you this, uh, this amount of money, but does it actually go into the, the details of how much went to who and so on? Is that a state, has it got a breakdown of what's been paid to who and whether it has been taxed or, and so on? Each of the people that we pay would have their own uh, statement that they get. So the treating practitioner that uh, gets paid gets the clinical advice to tell them this is for invoice X related to claim number Y, and this is the amount we pay. But for the claimant, the claimant, what they get is an award letter that explains that you have been awarded a disability percentage Y, and this is the amount that's calculated for this particular uh, disability. So if the if the client is uh, still wants clarity on the amount that was paid, we can then make the inquiry if they are not able to uh, to see because the payout is linked to the earnings that the person was getting at the time, the percentage of disability that the person got. That's the calculation for the uh, for the payout that we. Well, make. So, sure, but I mean, we need to see that in proof. It, it's it's no good knowing you you know as a commissioner how you came to that number, she doesn't know, can you not give that to her as proof? That's why the award letter is there for me. No, Mr. Mafata. An award letter says you've been successful. A statement stipulates what yes. went to who, and this is why you are getting uh, two rand instead of five rand. Can I, I think also this want to what the award letter question. looks like, and then we can have a discussion on it. Sorry, Mr. Mafat, I didn't hear that. Shirley was just saying something. Just repeat that, please. I would say, I, I would say for me to have a meaningful discussion on it, have a look at how the award letter looks like because it explains everything for the client. And if there are questions on, on things that are not clear uh, on it, then we can have a discussion. Mr. Mafat, I, I, don't, I can't request a letter because I'm not, I'm not a recipient of, of, of a compensation that I don't, I'm not, I don't have a claim. So you need to help me, who, who's just trying to facilitate the question, that is it something that you provide? Does it? It's a simple thing. Is it a statement, or is it just yeah, saying that um, you receive it? Is it just saying that you've, you you? A client you've, does not. A client does not get a statement. They get an award letter because the payout that is made is a once-off payout, I which is made out of the calculation for the for the for the injury. Okay. So the question is then: Why yeah. is so it if, that they if, can't if, they can't receive the the breakdown? I don't know why they haven't received it. But if they had requested it, we would provide it. But what they should get as a standard is that award letter. So, so for you to get a breakdown, you've got to request it. You have to request it. Now. All right. Let me ask you to just hang on there. Shirley, I do yes. see you. Let me just quickly yes. go to the news and we'll come back okay. to all of you because we just have to take a quick break. It's one thirty. Let's go to Nandika Bukas for the very latest in SABC News headlines. You're listening to Pimelo Mutine on SAFM. I'm in conversation with the Commissioner of the Compensation Fund, Mr. Vuya Mafata, and uh, a listener who called a couple of weeks ago when Mr. Mafata was a guest on, this, on the show, and they had some, some queries. We've managed to sort that whole thing out. It's taken a while, but she's managed to get all of that resolved, thanks to Mr. Mafata. She is on the line, Shirley. I'm going to just give you a chance to, to quickly ask your last question before we let the Commissioner go. I just want to ask the Commissioner this one last question. Um, we've got to receive, we did receive the letter, the first letter we received from the doctor saying that um, my husband had a permanent um, disability, he's permanent disabled because of the spine fusion. Now, Mr. Mafata also said the first time when he came on the radio, he said, 
quality. They pay you, say, a lump sum, and then every month you will be getting something. Mm. Now, we don't know whether that was the lump sum and is going to get every month uh, whatever amount, or was it a once-off? We didn't receive anything. We don't know what is going on. All that we saw the morning when I woke up, that there was money in the bank account from the working compensation fund. We don't know whether it's a percentage or we don't know whether it was a permanent disable. We don't know what is happening. That's why we want to know was the permanent was the permanent payout we will be getting every month an amount of money or was it a percentage of money and and how did they come to that and was it text because we if it was text they um deduct text then we can claim text back from from SARS. That is what we want to know. But we know nothing. Mr Mafata, um would you like to respond before we let uh, Shirley go? Yes, uh, I think one thing is we will we'll make sure if Shelly didn't receive the award letter, the award, she will make sure that she gets that because it will detail all the information. I don't know what is the level of disability that has been sent to, to the husband that will determine whether it's only a lump sum or whether the person is also going to get a monthly pension from us. So that is all it will be in that information. All right. If, if a person's disability is assessed at above 31%, that person will then automatically get a monthly pension as well from the compensation fund. But if it's below 1%, then the person qualifies for a lump sum uh, payout for, for that. So we'll just check with Shady's one. How it is. And then the issue of tax, uh, social security benefits are not taxable. So the compensation fund is a social security benefit that doesn't attract any tax. So the amount that we calculate as a payout to is what the client will get. Mr. Mafata, Shirley's primarily, I think, more than anything, was complaining also about communication. With all that's happened, um, I'm sure you can take some sort of responsibility for the lack of communication. She says nobody responds to any communication. Just communication in itself to say we're still working on something would be really nice. What's going on there? I think the I think the, the case of Shelley ought not to have been this way mm-hmm. because we have a responsibility to be able to make sure that we communicate with our clients where we get inquiries, we respond to uh, to those inquiries and we assist the clients as far as possible. So Did those you, are things that we would have to uh, look at and improve in that specific office. She says she wrote directly to you and you haven't responded. Why was that? Obviously, she sends to me and I work with people. So if I get inquiries, there's yes. people in my office that deal with client inquiries. Mm-hmm. So when we get inquiries, those are then submitted to those, and then they'll make sure that they follow up with everyone. Mm-hmm. We have more than 200,000 claims that we process on an annual basis. And I'm sure you'd understand, I would not, as an individual, uh, be able to respond to each and every one of the queries that come. I, I, that is why I have a I team appreciate that, that. assist. I do appreciate it. I do also imagine that by the time someone sends you an email, it's because they've exhausted all the other channels. And there's got to be a point where someone takes responsibility. And maybe the question is, who then do we go to? If if Shirley had not come on the radio, I don't know if her case would have been sorted out. What we're trying to do is for you to help us direct people to the right people who will actually make sure that things happen. So I hear what you're saying, but it surely can't be that you are not able, not yourself directly, but somebody in the office is able to respond to a query. So now when she goes back and says, I haven't received my letter, the question is who is she going to go back to because nobody seems to be responding. 
she has to, she spoke that she's been talking to the she head the of our office in the no, Western Cape. She says she used a lawyer to no, get no, no, some, no, some no. action. Well, I, I'm not sure about the issue of the lawyer, but I can tell you now the process is, if a person is not happy with the service that he's getting at his local office uh, at the labor center, they can contact the, the Department of Labor has heads the offices in every province, and those are the people, and all that information is available on our website, and it's also available on uh, uh, on requesting they call our call center. So there's information, So they, and if they're not happy with the savings at a local level in the province, they're welcome to escalate those matters to us here in, uh, uh, in the Pretoria Head Office, and we have uh, people that are dedicated to make sure that they assist uh, the clients when these queries come up. Are you surprised by her saying that nobody ever, with all that you've just said, that she followed all of those processes and she didn't get any joy? Are you surprised by that? Is it common or is it just her case? Well, we, 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 we often get clients blame similar as well. So, so obviously... And it's one of the reasons why... Mm-hmm. Okay. But I'd say it's one of the reasons why uh, the issues around customer care, capacitating our call center to be able to then provide... Mm-hmm. They cut support for provinces where clients are not able to get a response or be able to get access to anyone in a province. Then they still have uh, alternate means of making sure that they contact our call center mm. and then they can get an agent that is able to then assist them. All right. Nina, you're calling from the Northern Cape. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Pumelo. Good afternoon, uh, Nina. Please, I would like to ask the Commissioner. Yes. My daughter was injured in 2015 on the 19th of June. She uh, submitted the final papers to the officers in Pretoria at the end of March 2017. Since then, she's living in Scotland, and she has tried emailing these people, phoning them on numerous occasions. I have tried phoning, and every time you phone, you wait over an hour on the phone. Number one, we don't have the money for it. Number two, an international call costs a month for, uh, to, to phone yeah, mm. and um, there's no reply to the emails. She has sent numerous emails. I even went to the offices in Pretoria to find out what was happening. It didn't me because I didn't have a power of attorney mm. allowing me to, to find an investigator case. Mm-hmm. So now she's sitting in Scotland, five years later, no money, no correspondence, nobody gives a damn. Okay. So that's uh, how we feel. Yeah. All right. I mean, Nina, she is quite badly injured. Mm. Nina, let me put you back. We'll try and get your details so we can try and sort it out. Patrick, uh, you in Secunda. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Pamela. Thanks for taking my call. Absolutely. Pleasure. Uh, my question is, I'll, I'll try to be brief. Mm. Uh, I was injured in 2009 at work. It was reported at uh, uh, the Department of Labor. Mm. I was paid out in 2012 or 2013, I can't remember. Okay. And then in 2014, the same moon collapsed again. And I was on standby on a Saturday. I just received, I received a call. Yeah. I'm an elevator mechanic. Okay. I received a call. People were stuck in a lift. When I got to site, as soon as I got out of the vehicle, uh-huh. I think my step was, didn't, wasn't well and I collapsed my knee again. I hopped on one knee just to rescue the people. Yes. Called the call center, told them, I'm injured, mm-hmm. and I went to the hospital, called the supervisor on standby. Mm-hmm. He came to the hospital, and he told me, labor will not pay for such an injury because it's a recurring injury. Mm. And, okay, I didn't know much. And he said, that's why they 
make us have a medical aid so we can pay for such. Okay. And I paid for that with the medical aid, and it, 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 it costed me around 100K plus for, for the medical bills, physiotherapy, doctor's mm. visits, the knee op. And then I had to take paid leave for a month, unpaid leave for a month. I had to take my sick leave. Mm. And I believe that's all my money. And in 2018, that happened in 2014. Okay. And I let it go. But somehow I did. There was some communication between me and them. I saw the other day I looked at my emails. Yeah. And they gave me some explanations. I couldn't understand, but I let it go. In mm. 2018, I went to the Department of Labor for some other thing. And then I inquired about this, mm. only to find that it was not registered on the system. Mm. And I went back to them, told the safety officer, he said I must uh, put it in writing. I did that. He mm. sent it to management. Mm-hmm. One of the management guys responded. And he said, I must come see him. I went there and he said, okay, you want compensation? How much? He was very arrogant. Eventually, I sent him that statement from the medical aid. And weeks later, he told me that a supervisor is denying all of that. So they're not going to pay me anything. Okay, Patrick, and, and Pat- Patrick, do me a favor. I've got to take a quick break. Um, I'm, I've, I've taken all the notes down. Don't leave. We'll, we'll get back to you in a short while. Uh, Mr. Uh, Mafata is still on the line with us. He'll be able to help us navigate some of the issues that you've brought up. At SFM Radio and at Pimelo Mutile on Twitter. We continue our conversation around the compensation fund. Um, uh, the commissioner is here with us, Mr. Vuyo Mafata, who is a commissioner of the compensation fund. And before we went to a break, we were speaking to Patrick. Uh, Mr. Mafata, let me just ask you, are there, are there limits to what it is that you can respond to? There is a message here that's, it's a, it's a, it's a written WhatsApp message. It's asking whether a case expires. In other words, this particular case, um, was never dealt with, but it dates back 12 years back. It, does it expire? Does a does a claim ever expire on your side? Mr. Mafata? A claim expires. Okay, thank you very much, Camilla. Mm-hmm. So a claim expires. So an employer has uh, 12 months within which to uh, register a claim with us. Okay. They, if, 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 if within seven days of the incident having occurred, the employer has not registered the claim, mm-hmm. the injured worker can, can themselves uh, make contact with us if the employer is not registering the claim. So we compel the employer to register the claim. Okay. But when I'm listening to Patrick's story, yes. he has reported the incident in, uh, on time to the employer, yeah. and the employer is the one that chose not to respond to this. Yeah. Uh, the... Okay. Patrick, are you, are you still there? Patrick? Patrick, are you still uh, there? Yes I'm, yes, I'm still okay. here. I'm still here. You know, just for us to quickly try and wrap this up quickly for us. Um, when you went back, um, had your employer themselves not been cooperating with the fund? Your, your actual <laughs> employer? Because if the, if the fund manager was saying to you that, you know, um, you, you need your employer to, to verify this injury, was your employer not cooperating? I, I can say they were not cooperating with me mm. because this happened in 2014. The guy didn't report it then. Yeah. And I, I tried to ask questions and, you know, the, the answers they gave me, I got that in email. Okay. Uh, I still have that. I was looking at it just the other day. Mm. And, and uh, it's, it's, it wasn't satisfactory answers, but I, I let it go then. Yes. So when I was at the department uh, f- uh, to do other things, I, re- I, I inquired about this. And when they said it was supposed to be reported, that's when I started following it up now, from late 2018. Yeah. And I spoke to their safety rep. He communicated with management. Management 
one of the guys came back to me, and he, the way it is, they, 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 I think they think I'm powerless. Mm-hmm. So they, want, they just want to overlook it. Because he told me, it seems like I just want to get some money from them for free. But what I know is it's a very big company. I believe they keep their records in the call center for 20 years or more. So, so, so are you now and, speaking and about the fund or are you speaking about your own company that you work for? No, I'm talking about the, the company that All I right. work for because okay. I called their I call see. center yeah. to, to report that I'm yes. that it was a Saturday. I understand. And I called the, 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 the supervisor on standby. I understand. And if you, if you, if I, commissioner has the power to subpoena them. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask Mr. Mafat. Those, 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 those records. Yes. And he can see that I was paid for standby on a Saturday, half a day or the whole Saturday, sure. but I'm supposed to do standby the whole week yeah. or the Friday or something. But if he investigates, he will see what was going on. Okay. If he looks into the emails that I have and the records that they have, he will see that something happened. This man got a call one o'clock from his house to the job is 30 minutes. And in less than an hour from when he got a call, he was at the hospital uh, getting booked in. And he had called the call center. He had called the supervisor. Patrick, so let's try and, let's try and deal with the case quickly for me because we, we are running out of time. Mr. Mafata, what recourse does a person have if, if their employer is doing, you know, is, is not being, uh, assist, you know, is not assisting the, the employee to get this registered and so on. He's saying that, you know, the employer was not assisting at all, which makes your life quite difficult. But what recourse does a person have? So the process is the employer doesn't have to believe that the employee was injured uh, at work. Okay. So whether when the employer reports that I'm injured at work, the responsibility of the employer is to be able to report it to us and register the claim. We make the determination based on the report that the employer provides and the report that the injured would then provide and what the medical reports are telling us. So it doesn't have to be about the employer believing this person is in charge in the workplace or not. But in, in this case, then what would need to happen is that this matter would need to be reported to the inspector. So Patrick would need to have had, because I heard him say he went to a local labor office. Mm, mm-hmm. So he needs to be able to request to uh, register a complaint with the inspector. Okay. What would happen is then the department would then send an occupational health and safety inspector. Mm-hmm. And they are the ones that will be able to subpoena and request all the relevant documentation to do the investigation. And we may then be able to even decide on the claim based on the investigation that comes from the occupational safety. So, so if out of the investigation, we we decide this is a compensable claim that must be paid. Yeah. We're then able to even uh, reimburse uh, Patrick yes. or the medical aid for the costs that have been paid by the medical aid for this injury. Mr. Mafata, maybe another question is, you know, to that is, yes, I hear you, they don't have to believe it, but what if they just don't even submit at all? Can can the person individually contact you directly to say, there's no movement on my, on my employer's side, can I tell you that this happened to me? Uh, is that is that possible? That is possible, ma'am. So that's the point I was saying. They then need to request to speak to an inspector when they get to a labor office, uh-huh. and then the inspector would then be able to then uh, enforce the All law right. and compel the employer to register the claim. Okay. Um, I'm going to just take those details, and we can see, maybe we can forward them to you, but I really appreciate the time you've taken uh, talking to us, Mr. Mafata. I know there are a lot of other people calling here. Uh, maybe at some point we'll come back to, to shed some light on some of the issues that people have got. Mr. Mafata, is, is, is your office currently open and at full operational capacity now that we are on lockdown? We've been operating. We have never gone on lockdown. Okay. So the compensation fund has been operational. All right. 
All right. I appreciate it. Commissioner of the Compensation Fund, Voyo Mafata. And I just want to quickly tell you that there are some other messages coming through saying that uh, things have uh, dramatically improved. So I just want to pass that message through to you as well. Voyo Mafata is a Commissioner of the Compensation Fund. And we will pass some of those uh, queries to him. And uh, look, we, we got some wonderful response uh, with Shirley. The, the case was resolved. So hopefully some of your cases as well will be, respond, will, will be um, uh, solved.